So the title of this message has been kind of rolling around in my heart for the past couple of weeks. Uh, is at the end in verse 8. Longing or loving his appearance. Jesus will return physically. It's not going to be in a cave somewhere where only a select few see him. It's not as the Jehovah Witnesses believe he came back as a spirit and no one saw him. Every eye will see him. There will be no running, hiding. He's coming in all his glory. And we want to be those who are longing for his appearing, who cannot wait. And um, like I said, today is going to be a little bit shorter than I'd like, but we'll be getting part two next week, so be there, be square. That was awful. Oh, Pete. I wanted to look at the verse 6 where Paul said he's being poured out as a drink offering. And this is the second time he said that, as far as I could tell, in the Holy Scriptures. And if you guys have understanding of the Old Testament, in Numbers it talks about a drink offering. And it was not something that stood by itself. So when you sinned in the Old Testament... You had to do what? Something had to die. Something had to be sacrificed. Blood had to be shed. It's either you or the animal, right? So God provided a way in the Old Covenant so that He would not have to smite us. That's what happened. The drink offering went along with the regular sacrifice. There was a burnt offering... There was a grain offering, and then there was a drink offering at the end. And that was wine. It was poured out at the end. During when all this sacrifice was going up, as the smoke was ascending to the Lord, as that person's sins were being covered by the blood of the animal, and at the end, the wine was being poured out, and it came before the Lord as a sweet aroma. And we see here with Paul that he was using that. That his life was about to end. And he knew it. And I'll tell you what, I have not read too many more encouraging and powerful statements that Paul says in verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept a faith. And that's some bold stuff there. But I tell you, as in our life, it's like we can decide because we can pour out our lives before the Lord and do the things that He's asking us to do. And I believe in the same way, just like in the Old Testament, where the pouring out of this drink offering was something that was free will. It wasn't required as something on top of that. That we can also do the same for the Lord. We are living sacrifices. What are we sacrificing? How's our life being poured out? 
And I think it goes back, and there's probably some other things as well in there, to what Jesus was saying when he was praying. And he said, Father, let your will be done, not mine. And that has got to be the heart cry of us as believers, as his children, as his sons and daughters. We still have to struggle against doing our will. And our will might be good. It might make sense. But still the Father says, will you do my will? Will you still believe in my Son? Will you still follow him? There's the cross. Will we pour our lives out for him? And we know here, too, that Paul was getting ready to uh, be executed. And during this time, it was uh, the time of Emperor Nero, uh, probably one of the worst human leaders, probably top five in human history. He was completely out of his mind. I'm not going to go into the, the gory details of what he did. But Paul right here in verse 8 was talking about, There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness with which the Lord, the righteous judge, not Nero as judge, the Lord Jesus is the judge who's going to give him on that day. And I really want to focus in on chapter 8, or verse 8, where it talks about there is laid up where Paul was talking about, there was a crown of righteousness which the Lord was going to give to him on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have loved and longed for his appearing. And this, this crown of righteousness is not the one that we're going to receive, I believe, later on. I believe it is... What during that time in the Olympics, when someone won an Olympic event in the days of Greece, it was like a laurel that was placed on the victor's head. Kind of like a, um, today would be like a gold medal. But we receive another crown later on too, I believe. For being, because we're going to be a, a, a people of kings and priests. But this one right here is specific, I believe. For those who have longed and cannot wait for the Lord Jesus to come back. They are so excited about that. That it does something. They are always looking. They're not getting caught up so much in the affairs of this world and what's going on around them. They're keeping that steady gaze on him. Being that good soldier. Here's your post. You stay at it. Stay awake. And do your job. So... That is a very exciting thing, that there is an additional type of reward. And I get a little discouraged sometimes when I hear people kind of poo-poo the, um, us getting rewards in heaven. And yeah, we shouldn't focus on those things. And sometimes when people say things like that, we think we shouldn't talk about them. Um, I think we should talk about these things as much as possible. Because sometimes we need to fan into a flame once again that fervent heart that God wants us to have for him. And, you know, being away, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm pulling something from my life. (laughs) Last week when I was camping, um, 
we it was raining out most of the time. And one of the great things about that is starting a fire. And I know, it's like, I'm doing it. No, I'm dragged into this. But here it goes. And there is nothing as nice as a warm fire when you're out there camping. And those flames are getting higher, and Becky's getting concerned. She's like, oh, I think we're going to burn the awning. We're not going to burn the awning. It's fine. It got a little scorched, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. She was a little right, and I was a little right, too, so it's a draw. But we do. We love the fire, the smell of it, the look of it. I mean, there's nothing like it. And as those, the fire kind of calms down and you get those beautiful coals later on, you can still enjoy some of the light and the heat that comes from it. But I know that the Lord wants us to continually be reminded to fan and to aflame these things, not to let these things go cold. He wouldn't say these things unless they were true. And I know in my life, my heart's gone cold before too. It certainly has. Doing stupid things, sinning, doing my own thing. Call it whatever you want. But thank God that we can always come back to Him. There is laid up for us a treasure that's going to be just so wonderful. And all the treasures in heaven. I mean, they're just be numerous. We're not going to be able to even comprehend right now the wonders that are going to be there. The people that we're going to meet. And I was able to... Uh, do a funeral service uh, yesterday for one of our neighbors. And one of the last conversations I had with them was about Jesus, thank God. And he, even though he was very sick, he's out there mowing the lawn for the last time, actually. Just like a guy, <laughs> you know, getting things straightened up and doing the work. At the end of our conversation, you could tell from the, the look on his face that there was a peace. Not like a, it's like, oh, I'm getting ready to go. He was like, I am ready to go. And what a treasure that is. And what a comfort that was that I was able to share that with his friends and his family yesterday. He has stepped out of time and now into eternity. And the same is going to be for us, whether he comes back and we are physically caught up in the air or we have to die and our bodies are caught up. He's going to return. If you guys could turn to Titus 2. I really love Titus. What a great book. Titus chapter 2, starting with verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, Righteously and godly 
in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And I'll tell you something about the grace of God. I kind of alluded to it during uh, communion. And we are so thankful for God's grace. It is God's unmerited favor on our life. But I'll tell you, if you think you have grace and it's not teaching you, then it's not grace. Grace teaches us. It teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age. It is important that we understand that about grace. Going down further, too, it talks about where Jesus, it calls him our great God and Savior. And that's one of the things that a lot of these other sects, they go into uh, heresies, usually attack. It's either the cross or the divinity of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Always has been God. He is God and forever will be God. He's not Michael the Archangel. He's not some just great man. No one took his place on the cross. He went to the cross to do the Father's will. Because he saw you and he saw me for the joy that was set before him. And the enemy will attack usually those two things so much. But he is God. Don't ever forget that. And he gave himself for us. That he could redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself. His own special people. Sells for good works. Zeal, and those old-fashioned words of just being very gung-ho about doing things, is an important part of our Christian walk. But with the Jews, they were zealous for good works, but they didn't mix it with what? With faith. We've got to mix the two. We've got to believe. And please, don't tell me, it's like, I've got faith, and you ain't doing anything. Faith without works is what? It's dead. Dead, dead, dead. DRT, as we should say in cop world. Dead right there. That was really crass. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9.27 
And it is appointed for men to die once. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered up once to bear the sins of many. To those who, what? Persevere. Let me hear something else. Louder. Eagerly. Those who persevere, those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. What an incredible promise that is. Absolutely incredible. He will come back a second time. Just as those apostles watched, as he ascended and the clouds finally took away, To those men were there as like men of Galilee. Why are you watching? He's going to come back the exact same way. And I believe he's going to be the exact same spot right there at the Mount of Olives. Physically return. Are we eagerly awaiting that? If you haven't been, start getting eager. (laughs) And the Lord's going to do that. And I'd like to give a caution that's in my heart. And you guys have probably heard it many times. Please be careful of the things that you listen and you watch. Especially the duration. There is an awful lot of deception out of there. That's out there being spoken. That's not truth. And the soul getting constantly bombarded with deceptions... In despair after despair after another despair can make the flame go out in your heart. It can make you cold as ice. And all you want to do is go further out in the mountains, dig a deeper bunker, and get six months more food from PatriotSupply.com and pick up another thousand rounds of ammo. It will make you that way. He doesn't like guns. I like guns. Don't worry. Guns aren't going to save you. (laughs) Hidden supplies of food are not going to save you. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying, just hear my heart. (laughs) The Lord doesn't want our hearts to go cold. He wants us to be just like the opposite of the world, which is freaking out. He says in the end days, like when all these terrible things are going on, he asks us to do three things. Stand up, look up, and rejoice. People are going to think we're nuts. But we can't wait for them to come back. We can't wait. So I just want to give an end before we go on to next week. Just three reasons why we should be excited. And... Many of you guys have been married, or are married, maybe about to get married, and you remember those feelings of excitement, getting ready for that day. And we should feel the same way for the Lord. And if you are getting married, and you're not excited about that, then I would really question whether you should be marrying that person. 
it just sounds like emotions. It's like you should be excited about the person you're getting married to. God created those emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not ruled by our emotions, okay? We're ruled by faith and His love. But there's nothing wrong with emotions. He made them. Amen? Okay. I got way off on that one. The first part of the reasons why we should be excited is that it's the consummation of our salvation. And you guys, I'm not going to go into it too much, but one of the things that are so exciting is that we're going to be completely safe, body, soul, and spirit. So for those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, those who have gone on before us, or maybe we will die before the Lord comes back, He's already, we already have the born-again spirit. Amen. To be absent in the body is going to be what? Present with the Lord. You're not going to be sleeping. And then, you know, you're there. No. Automatically, you're going to be with the Lord. But what happens to that poor body that's been put into the ground? I hate talking about death. But, I mean, it goes through a process of humiliation. These bodies that were created to live forever go through, and we see it all around us in their own bodies, pain, suffering, embarrassment. It's a constant reminder. But as the Lord returns, you know, with a shout of the archangel, and the last trumpet is sounded, those who are dead in Christ receive their Resurrected bodies. And they go first. She's very excited about that. <laughs> you should be. And we who are remaining will be caught up in the air in a twinkling of an eye. Imagine that. The first thing you get to do is you get to fly. Man. He bought us back every bit. The soul, the spirit, and finally, the last one, the part of us, our body, it gets redeemed. There is nothing else thought of in the heart of man or woman or any other philosophy or any other government handout or whatever that even comes close to these promises. Nothing. The best thing they got right now is like, well, you might live forever if your conscious gets transferred to like an Xbox. You get to be an eternal video game. Congratulations. How weak are those promises? Number two, our union with Christ will be complete when he appears. Let's turn to Revelations 19. You guys doing all right? Amen. Got my poor Bible. Hang in there.
Revelations 19. Starting with verse 5. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. It's going to happen, and it is happening. And this certainly isn't a, a complete list, but the last one I was thinking about, reasons why we should be excited about his return and us eagerly waiting, is that it's the only hope for humanity. Please name me a governmental system that has worked for humanity the entire way through, that hasn't collapsed, that hasn't broken its promise to its people, that hasn't broken its people, And thank God that there are some good governments. We know when there's good government because there's peace. Please don't think for a second I'm, think, I'm preaching anarchy. God created government. And he's got ministers in there who, when you do good, you should get at a boy or at a girl. Get a praise for that. If you do evil, though, what should happen? They don't bear the what for nothing. Fill in the blank. Okay. Government is good. But every single government, whether it's been a monarchy, a dictatorship, communism, socialism, a republic, democracy, and any of the others that go on out there, they've come and gone. They've come and gone. Even the greatest empires, they've come and they've gone. The sun did set on the British Empire. And that was only a blink of an eye ago. But we're going to inherit a kingdom that will never, ever be shaken. And the increase of the government is going to be upon whose shoulders? His. We're going to get more government from him. And it's the best type of government. It's his rule. It's his reign. And we are going to be part of that. What are we going to be doing? I don't know. It's going to be exciting, though. It's going to be good. Can you imagine when the lion's going to lay down with the lamb? And then eat grass <laughs> like an ox, yeah. And the child will lead them. The glory of God is going to be so thick over the entire earth. 
All the implements of war are going to be taken and made into instruments for growing crops. And he will teach us to make war no more. And he will rule with a rod of iron. Make no mistake of that. He will be here with us and us with him. It's like, man, that is going to be incredible. So, how should we then live? These are very spiritual things we've talked about. Keep loving your wife. Wives, honor your husband. Children, honor and obey your parents. Keep loving each other. Keep comforting one another. Keep showing up. We're getting closer. Father, we just, we bless your holy name. That there is no one as good as you are. No one as great as you are. No one as powerful as you are. Father, I just pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom. To know what your will is and to carry it out by your grace. Lord, I just pray that people would not get discouraged. They would not get discouraged. But they'd be encouraged about what you are doing. Just as someone read about the serpent being lifted up. Lord, that we would look to you, Jesus, who's high and lifted up. Lord, and your holy train fills the entire temple. Everyone cries holy. So today, Lord, I just thank you for your word that it's going to do its job. Lord, as brothers and sisters, we can plant, we can water, but you, oh God, are the one that causes the growth. So help us not to look down on those who are not as far along as we are but to be mature and kind. Help us not to be arrogant against those who are struggling in sin, but to help them, to come alongside them, just as you were a friend to sinners. So can we. That has blessed these great people here today, Lord. And help us, Lord, to keep seeking you. Keep seeking you every morning and then the night. Lord, because we want to. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.